Yeah. Here we go. Had to do it for the fans, man. Hey, you know that. Think they ready, Nug? Not for what we got coming. Started a podcast, riddle me that. Nugging his boy Jersey, and we talking smack. Sports, music, and life, we talking all of that. We live in effect, hey yo, we in the chat. I'm Ramey Roberts, aka Jers. James Woodard, aka Nug. And we in the chat. Chip. What's good, my brother? What's up, bro? It's it's been a little minute, man. But we back in the lab, you know what I mean? Back, back in the lab, man. They want, you know. We cooking up. Yeah, man. It's been a lot going on, man. Um, a lot of stuff in the news. A lot of stuff. Social media. Right. Um, it's getting crazy out here, man. Um, <laughs> but we got some great topics for y'all. We appreciate y'all for rocking with us. Absolutely. Well, we go hop straight into this joint, man. I hit you up the other day, yo, and you, and I was t- talking to you about Kanye, man. You said yeah. you ain't know nothing about that, bro. I didn't, bro. I didn't, you know, just honestly, man, just, you know, just focused and, and getting to it, man, trying to build just as yourself away from the podcast, you know. Um, but yeah, man, I had no idea, bro. Six billion, though? Yeah, six billion. It's, you know, so for those who don't know, uh, a lot of news articles, CNN and um, a lot of other... Uh, Credible uh, sites state Kanye's yeah. net worth is reportedly now six point six billion dollars, which makes him the most wealthy um, black person in America. Right. Um, but uh, it's it's crazy because um, you know what I'm saying he he basically quadrupled his net worth overnight. You know what I'm saying? Bro, and he was he was at one point three last April. You know what I'm saying? Reported. And one of the reasons why I bring it up is because, like, do you believe it? You know what I'm saying? Like, because mm-hmm. out of all the sites, the one site that you would think is most credible when it comes to net worth is Forbes, right? Right. So Forbes is kind of like the only site that's like, nah, that's not true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, For me, you know, it's, it's one of those situations where I mean, come on, man, from from jump, it looked funny, you know, just off of the basis of, you know, just last year, you know what I mean? He was he was at one point three and four, you know, in a matter of a year to jump, you know, from one point three to six point six is kind of, you know, it's kind of crazy. Yo. Like, like what type of deals was you doing in that amount of time to make that happen? But from what I'm getting in terms of, you know. Um, Bloomberg, who initially released a report of, you know, him being worth uh, 6.6 and, you know, the Forbes kind of, you know, shooting it down. I was like, I don't know. Forbes kind of report on everybody every year. You know what I mean? So it does give them some level of credibility. Um, but at the same time, I just wanted to really like look at the numbers and look at the breakdown to kind of see where, you know, where this net worth is really coming from. Yeah. And, you know, you, you made a good point. Um, Forbes is real credible, but Bloomberg is, uh, you know, credible as well with a lot of um, right. that information. But one thing, and you probably saw this information or heard about it, but from Forbes' perspective, is they saying that they're trying to account for, you know, estimated Project- these projections. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So they're saying yeah. like his, you know, and so 
little backstory. The mm -hmm. reason why um, his net worth has gone up so um, increased so vastly is because of the um, partnership that he now that he now has with Gap. Right, right, right. So the net uh, the new net worth is basically based on potential sales that he's going to have with Gap with this new right. partnership, but. Not one stitch of clothing has been dropped yet. You know, nah. what I'm and I mean, you know, it's it's wild because again, like you know, the numbers the numbers look good, and the thing that's that's different about Kanye, I guess, in this realm of you know talking about net worth and and you know potential projections and things of that nature is that he's not a newbie uh, to you know to the space of fashion and that type of thing. So I think that the credibility that he holds you know, in, you know, transforming brands and, and, and making them sort of bigger than they were before, you know, before his arrival and before the things that he partnered with them and did. Um, so it does lend itself to having some credibility on looking at projections, you know, for the future. I think when they're, what they're talking about is for the Yeezy Gap um, deal, they're talking about at least, you know, 150 million, you know, in terms of, you know, just sales year one. So, you know, and it's, it's supposed to come out pretty soon. So, um, I mean, it could potentially be that he's going to be worth 6.6 .6 very strongly, I guess, because of the, you know, like you said, because of the partnerships. But um, I don't I don't know if you, you know, I don't know if you put that out there that big again when you when you only at 1.3 right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's a huge jump, even projection wise. Yeah, bruh, what? <laughs> yeah, like even you know projected, I mean? that's nuts. That that's that's crazy jump, you know. What I mean? <laughs> yeah. And and yeah. I'm gonna just keep I'm gonna keep it a stack, bro. Like, like like people still be wearing Gap like that, or do Gap got some other subsidiary that I don't know about? Nah, it's it's just Gap. <laughs> it's just Gap. But at the same time, like you know what what the Yeezy you know what the Yeezy brand did as a whole for Adidas and making it, you know, a household name again. Not that it wasn't, but at the same time, bringing that, you know, bringing that flair back to it, bringing that excitement back to the brand. Um, he's able to do that, whether positive or negative. You know what I mean? No matter what he does, it sort of moves the needle in a particular fashion to where things become profitable. Um, so it, it, I don't know, I don't know. I mean, he literally changed the way we think about Adidas. You know what I'm saying? And so, who knows? But what, but what I want to know is how is this partnership going to work? And one of the reasons why I say that is because, you know, Drake got a partnership with Nike, right? Right. But right. Drake can sell his stuff elsewhere. You know what I'm saying? Right. So like for, what I'm trying to say is, you know, Yeezy's deal with Nike, all of his, all of Yeezy's deal with Adidas, all of his products are sold through Adidas, right? Gotcha. So Drake's deal with Nike is y'all can sell it on y'all site. Cool but I could sell it on another site or I could sell it through whoever I want. You know what I'm saying? So if mm -hmm. you go check out some of like Drake stuff, you're not going to even find that stuff on Nike site because it's either sold through some Toronto based clothing line or mm. some other site. So, mm -hmm. and one of the reasons why I say that is because is Gap going to be doing all the work, the promotion, you know, the production is going to mm. be, you know, so, uh, exclusively yeah. through their site because I think that's going to affect the sales as well. You know what I'm saying? No, nah, when I think about companies that have been blowing up lately, I think about um, 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 Ivy Park and I think about um, right. uh, 
that. What's the joint Rihanna own, bro? It's like a lingerie yeah. joint. You talking about uh Savage Fenty or something like that? Fenty, yeah, Savage yeah. Fenty. Yeah. Yeah. So like, you know, those like not only do they own like majority yeah. stake in those companies, yeah. but yeah. all the traffic is going strictly to them. Yeah. And so and what I mean by that is like if I'm trying to buy some Yeezy stuff, right? Yeah. And then you know, you gotta go to Gap or whatever. Right. Then I may wind up getting something else. You get what I'm saying? That's true. That's like, true. And it's, it's different from the, you know, sneakers is different because yeah. exclusive sneakers have drops on specific yes. days. They sell yeah. out hours and it's it's re, it's a it's a resale price on certain items like that. Right. And you it's know? a huge market too. Yeah. Like you're saying, it's a huge market for sneakers. So even if it just goes through Adidas and not through, you know, a Yeezy site in particular just because the the you know just because the shoe game is so big right now you know what i mean they're going to be found regardless so what you're talking about is you know with, with the fashion pieces is it going to be you know is it going to be duplicated in terms of you know are we going to work it through you know through gap but also have like a yeezy um, you know, like a Yeezy collection site or whatever, where, you know, they can go particularly straight there instead of having to go through Gap. But again, I guess that's all black and white percentages and, you know, all that stuff. So, but one thing I will say, bro, yeah. is um, I I believe he can get there. Yeah, 100%. You know, you know what I'm saying? And, and one of the reasons why I say that is because most people who are doing well in the fashion industry, um, it's it's because of their notoriety, right? right. Credibility. You got yeah. credibility. Kanye actually has the creative mindset to pull this yeah. off. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I'm yeah. not even talking about the person he is. Right. No, no, no. He has credibility and yeah. skill set. Yeah. yeah, because he's had his issues with our community, which is probably right. one of his top um, you know, geographic, market. you know, yeah. market, his target yeah. market. Yeah. But because his product is so innovative. Yeah. And he's able to grow with the trends across the board, across the board. That's why people are always buying his joint. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It's, it's, like, it's, and that's the game that that's the game that a lot of, you know, our influencers are getting into, you know, that that realm where they're able to, you know, they're able to reach across the aisle in a sense. You know what I mean? It's, it's not, you know, because I'm the face of it and I am who I am, it's going to automatically go to the people that, you know, have been receiving my, uh, my contributions to everything like music and fashion. But then again, because of the innovative nature of it, right, the things that I'm able to do creatively, it's able to be seen across the board, sort of like just art pieces and, you know, other music, same difference. You know what I mean? Being able to work across the board is, is huge. Bruh, I'm not, I don't mean to, you know, get off topic real quick, but yeah. you're just talking about art, bro. Have you heard about this NFT thing, bro? Nah, you, you know what? You know what? You know what? I have the digital art. Yeah, bro. Yeah, 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 yeah. So basically like, um, like, you know, NFT is like people can sell like digital art. So like a picture on my Instagram, I could sell it to somebody. You yeah. know what I mean? And they kind of yeah. like have, they kind of like have rights and, yeah. you know, and it's becoming a real thing for like, um, you know, for millennials, because, oh, yeah. you know, not wanting to, you know, have that, you know, tangible item, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And and, and something something that I've, I've learned about, you know, um, not only millennials, but Gen Zs, like us growing up with the computer and understanding the impact that the computer can make even before it's gotten to the point where it is now, where it's growing to. Um, I think that what's huge is that 
all of us are starting to understand uh, the nature to monetizing, you know, everything it is that we touch, everything it is that we're, you know, involved in, in terms of being a personal brand. And it all stems from a lot of the things that we're talking about right now, the fact that Yeezy has become a brand, you know what I mean, and an international brand in that, you know, anywhere he goes as a person or as an entity, um, it has some level of impact or effect, so. Yeah, yeah, and this, man, so like, I, you know, one of the reasons why I brought that up, because I could definitely see Kanye, because of his creative mind, I could see yeah. him getting into NFT as well and some of his items on there. It's this dude oh, named yeah. uh, Mike Winkleman, and he kind of like, I ain't gonna say orchestrated the, the, the evolution of NFT, but his digital art, he took mm. 5,000 of his top pictures and he created one collage, bro. Mm. His NFT sold for $60 million like a, like a couple weeks ago, maybe last week, bro. It's yeah, people cool. people really looking at it's it's a time right now where you know people are really driven by assets you know what i mean what it is like you're talking about what it is what do what do what do we truly have right everybody's trying to 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 gain something to where we can have um you know we can have things that are tangible like you're talking about things that we can touch things that are really and truly ours um you know because ownership is key man regardless of anything ownership is key and the fact that you know kanye has a hundred percent ownership of yeezy is is key you know to all of these moves to get into 6.6 and all that so i'm glad you mentioned that bro you said you said tangible yeah. I want to go somewhere real quick, bro. I want right. people, you know, we we grown, bro. Everybody yeah, yeah, yeah. grown. So everybody right. should know the difference between net and gross, right? Facts. That's why when they say net worth and, and people see that 6.6, they think yeah. Kanye could go to the bank and say, hey, pull out that. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> net worth means if Kanye sold everything that he Facts. owns, Facts. that is the estimated value Facts. of, you know, all of these companies, yeah. all of these um, acquisitions. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So, yeah. you know, people people make, because I think in, it might have been in Bloomberg's article, they was like, I don't know how to get all this information, if it's even legal, but they was like, yeah. they estimate Kanye got about 120 million. 20, and cash and, and yeah, all that. And cash, yeah. and cash and stocks and stuff. Yeah. So, like, everything else is pretty much yeah. tied, tied to the company. And then, right. you know what I'm right. saying? He got 64 million right now tied into uh, a swimwear and I think uh, it's swimwear and something else, something that Kim is doing. It's an investment that he had into her company, which is worth about $64 million. So what's up with them, though? I heard they was getting a divorce, bro. Yeah, yeah. And what's crazy, right, when you think about it, what's crazy about this whole thing is if you ever notice when um, Black people are, you know, incredibly successful, when you hear talk of divorce, what always comes up? Network. Network. Yeah. Everybody want to know what Black people spit, splitting down the middle. They always want to know what we got to split up. When they talk about Will and Jada every year, talking about they going to split, they bring up how much they worth. If anything happened with Jay-Z and Beyonce, how much they worth. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. It's just, it's just a thing. But and this, this is that. ironic, the timing, right? Yeah, it's, it's crazy. A couple news articles come out. Yo, they getting a divorce. A week yeah. later, Kanye worth $6.6 billion. Come on, man. It's you just know it's the, it's the, you know what's crazy? It's been that it's been that way since I would say since the early two thousands. And that anytime that and it's two two artists in particular I feel that have done this. Like anytime they had anything going on in particular, they were always trying to find a way within the media to get something started. And it's Kanye and it's Fifty, bro. Anytime they got a project, anytime they have anything going on, they find a way to start something up to get the eyes on them, negative or positive. <laughs> 
And what that did is that evolved um, television and media and people don't even know it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So the purpose of these reality shows is to, I'm supposed to use this to make me great in some other aspect. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So the purpose of me being on this show, doing this interview, blah, 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 is so that people go buy my music, people 100%. go read my book or whatever I'm doing, i.e. Uh, Cardi B, who used, you know, her um, her involvement on the show Love and Hip Hop to kind of project um, her rap career. You know what I'm saying? She did it the best, in my opinion. You know what I'm saying? She really did it the best. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and one of the reasons why she did it is because her passion. But another thing that we see a lot is that most people that are on those shows, mm -hmm. and I'll say this, most of the main characters that are on those shows, their careers have already happened, right? True. And they're, they're trying to rejuvenate them, right? True. And then the ones that are trying to establish their career, they're just not as gifted as Cardi B. 100%. 100. She actually had a you're right, she actually had a talent. Yeah, you know what I mean? And she, and she had she had star power. It was it was is weird when, you know, even how annoying it may look to other people or whatever the case may be in instances, she just has something where you couldn't take your eyes off. Yeah, it's some people I mean? on that journey, bro. They they trash, bro. Oh man. We ain't even gonna get into all that, but yeah. but you know, <laughs> it's it's crazy because uh, just lastly, talking about this network thing, man, how mm -hmm. like they can, you know, they can project that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I, I really want to know how did they come up with this number? And, you know, one of the reasons why I say that is because, you know, a lot of things have been in the news about Timberland and Swiss and Jay-Z yeah. yeah. and, you know, about them, uh, yeah. you know, selling their companies or giving mm -hmm. up a percentage of their company. So for instance, yeah. Jay-Z just sold um, half of Ace of Spade, you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. to, to Moet. And, yeah. you know, one of the reasons why he did that is because he wants to reach a larger audience. And yeah. Moet, um, Moet Hennessy Company has one of the largest yeah. um, followings, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <clears throat> and and that's, that's, that's this game right now. You know what I mean? It, it, that's this game. You 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 build you build your personal brand, and then you find you know you find other other entities that have you know larger brands, and you partner, right? You lend you lend yourself to each other's credibility in those spaces, and what it does you know full fold for everybody is it push it pushes both brands forward, right? And making the deal initially, you know, it was looked at as a you know as a big deal for Jay. You know what I mean? And everybody that was a part of the acquisition, it was like, well, we ain't rocking with, you know, we're not rocking with Crystal right now. So there's another brand. He made it hot. Right. Yeah. And and making it hot. What he did was in the end, when you think about the deal, he basically, again, just leveraged credibility and everything that he had done for the company to that point. You know, he got it to the max that he could. You move it to a larger brand, you sell your shares. But what he did in selling his shares, what it gave, it gave him a seat on the board of directors. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So again, it's a power move. When we look at it as a sellout, think about, and not only did he get a seat on the board of directors, everybody who was in partnership with him to get the brand still have their, they still have their shares and still have their stake. So, yeah. But, you know, and some people feel, you know, some people feel like the reason this was is because you publicized it to be like, oh, they racist. So we go start some, we go start a black company over here. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So now this you. is so now this is black owned, it's black operated, but now but now you set you selling off that. So now is it still is that still a goal? 
You know what Makes I'm saying? Sense. You said he said the same thing about title, right? Yeah, yeah, y'all supporting, y'all supporting Spotify and Apple Music, but y'all ain't supporting y'all people. Well, right. now that we supporting you, got your got the net worth of the company up and you sold it. Well, what was it? What was all that talk about? You know what I'm saying? And for yeah. those who don't know, he sold it, you know, he sold it to um he sold it to Square, uh, right? He sold it to Square. And Square mm-hmm. is owned by Jack Dorsey, who owns Twitter. So basically he sold it to Twitter, bro. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So like, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like me, like, it's it's kind of like when you see, when you see companies, like I think it was Gucci or Louis, one of them sites, bro, they selling like um, HBCU gear, right? Mm-hmm. Or they selling uh, black excellence t-shirts. I went, tar- I went JCPenney the other day, they got black excellence t-shirts. You know what I'm saying? And stuff like that. So, and one of the reasons why I say this is because it's like, the culprit, like, you're trying to get this target market, but are you really mm-hmm. supporting what we're doing? Mm-hmm. So, and, and, you know, a lot of people feel that that's where Jay-Z was exploiting his people to support his brand, which then increase, you know, the net the net uh, value of that company and then selling it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, 100%. I think, I think you know, I'm not going to say that that wasn't a play because again, if you think about it, that's, that's a smart play to have in building the brand up, but none of us would have thought at the time, like you said, because of how it was being marketed, that it would ever be sold at, at any, you know, at any number. But again, it's, it's, you know, business, of course it's business, but again, like, you know, I think that what should, what should be the case is, you know, People just honestly continuing to get educated on business. Yeah, and that, and that's that's what I you know I always had a business mind, and I yeah. I always every time I go somewhere and people have complaints about price or why things mm-hmm. are done like this and that, I always mm-hmm. say like there's there's always a business part to something. Yeah. And you know a lot of people are upset because they feel like Jay Z used his power to influence the black community to make him wealthier, right? But then what I you know, my my rebuttal to that is, what if he now can use the money that he made to do more things for the black community? You know what I'm saying? Because when you own a company, and like I said, we talked about net worth, Mm -hmm. when he owns title, when he owns Ace of Spade, you know, that value is evaluated to the company. So he doesn't physically have that money. Right. But when you sell say, shares, when you sell an entire company, now yeah. you re- you really have that cash on hand. You get what right. I'm saying? Right. So now right. he can use that physical money that he obtained yeah. to go into other things that can create more money for the black yeah, community. Because, all right, so we'll put it like this. And j- just to make it plain to everybody, exactly what you just said, right? So um, at the time of the, you know, the 50% sale of was it Armanon Brigante or something like that? What's the name of the brand? Yeah, it's something wild like that. But anyway, so- It's Ace of Spade in English. That's (laughs) So so at the end of the day, what it was basically, you know, he sold 50%. It was valued at 600 million at the time. He got 300 liquid. Yeah. Right? So think about that. The company itself was worth 600 million. That was because of his partnering, right? And then after he sold 50%, the people that he went into business with to, to, to acquire it in the beginning um, still have their shares, but now he has 300 liquid. Mm-hmm. And people don't understand that. When you think about, like you just said, when you think about the value of the brand, that's not something I can go to the bank on, right? But when I sell 50% and now I'm in board, the 
I'm in a room with a board of directors and I can make different moves in in totality. You know what I mean? It's it's different now. You know what I mean? And I got cash on hand, like you just said, to be able to do other things. You know what I mean? Explore other endeavors. So, you know, I just think that, you know, people really um just dig more in the business. Just dig more in the business and you'll under, you'll understand, you know. Um, because again, the it do look bad when you just think about it from, you know from it's from the outside looking in when you really don't have the you know the knowledge or understand it it does look a little weird but you know it's business plays and that's kind of how you got to do it sometimes and you know like the thing is a lot of people really a lot of people who don't have the money they have yeah you know, it's yeah. really not a, it's really not a concern to them their, right. their main thing is i want something to be you know for us by us fubu and we should like we should have things you know, for sure it's, it's kind of like you know and i think about i think about bob johnson bob johnson is a great example of this because mm -hmm. he used his wealth to bring other people up mm -hmm. and now those people can bring other people up and i think that's 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 what acquisitions and, and sales does so bob mm -hmm. johnson owned bet you know he sold bet to viacom um which yeah. is you know a, a white owned and operated company yeah but what he has, but what he has done now is now that money that he got from that sale, he's able to put into different things that are operated and owned by black people. That's a fact. Bob Johnson owned the Bobcats. Mm -hmm. So Bob Johnson got wealthier by selling the Bobcats. Mm -hmm. He sold the Bobcats to Michael Jordan, who is another black man. So he got richer, Michael Jordan got richer, and now they're able to, you know, build their net worth and their companies together. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's similar, you know, one of the reasons why I bought a Bob Johnson is because of the Timberland and Swiss sale. So mm. for those who don't know, Timberland and Swiss, they sold Versus and they sold it to uh, Thriller. Um, mm. People haven't heard of Thriller. They were the company that put on the Mike Tyson, Roy Jones fight. Mm. And one of the reasons why that's important is because not only did they sell, right, mm. they are they are still going to be technically employees for Thriller, so still helping to produce the content. Right. And three, everyone that participated in the verses got some sort of shares in the sale. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? That's, you know, again, it's, it's very similar. You know, it's very similar to the title move. It's very similar to the Ace of Spade move. You know, um, we become voices, you know, within the company by making particular moves. And, you know, basically it's like it's like infiltration in a sense. You know what I'm saying? Like I use my credibility. I I, I leverage it against this company. Um, they allow us to make bread with them, but I'm still putting my people on. And 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 once I get in the room, now everybody got a cut. All 43 performers that had done it up to the point when they made the deal, everybody has equity. And they also have the person who brought them in to give them the equity. They're inside the room now. You see what I'm saying? So again, it could it could in the end, it could leverage even more depending on, you know, because this is a network that that Triller is, right? It's a network. So um, it being a small company now and and really wanting to tap into the music side, they partner with two of the best uh, producers that has ever come out of, you know, hip hop and R&B. You know what I mean? And not only did they succeed well in that arena, they also went across the aisle again and, and did pop records. You know what I'm saying? So they both have international appeal as well. So that coupled with everything they've done, you know, with this deal, I think it's, I think it's great to be honest, you know, because it, 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 again, it gives you, you know, it gives you more access. Yeah. You know, it's crazy, bro. Like 
I, I what I appreciate thus far is be, is that, and I, I see this a lot on Shark Tank. Like, mm -hmm. if they're going to give a majority um, ownership to their company, they want to yeah. still be an employee, or they want to mm -hmm. be on a the the board of directors because they want to have some input. Right. So and, and so what that does is now versus is still culturally um, uh, a rap, hip hop, R and B. It's still ours. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know if you noticed, but they said uh, April fourth, um, which is my birthday, they're gonna have uh, Isley Brothers versus Earth Wind and Fire, bro. Yo, yo, that's gonna be crazy. Nice. Did a Raekwon uh, Ghostface with last night, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But so. see, it's you know, you know what's crazy? It's kind of like. They got their bread. The people that were on it got their bread. Right. And now it's not really on them to make sure that they get the same number of visitors they go get. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like it's up to them to figure that out. They can assist with the content. Right. But everything else is on Thriller. So if right. it flop, if it don't work out, it's, they already did what they were supposed to do. Is is it's similar to it's similar to putting your, you know, putting your product on Amazon, for, for instance. Right. You know, Amazon gets a ton of traffic at that. It, nine times out of ten, your product is going to be seen, but how much is going to get sold is the different. It's a totally different story. You mm -hmm. see what I'm saying? So what what you're doing is you bet you're banking on the credibility of the you know of the umbrella of the parent situation, right? And Triller now is the is the parent network or whatever the case may be, you know. Versus is kind of like a subsidiary of that, but still they have control and power within Thriller to to make certain things happen. So again, you you know you leverage again you just leveraging things and you just hope that in the end you know things will come out in you know in your you know, in your way. And I'll go back to real quick, just go back to the Kanye situation. I think the reason why they did that is because, you know, Forbes allowed Trump for many years to do that to his income, to his network. Mm. And nobody knows that. So again, it may be one of those situations where like Kanye was like, y'all let him do it. So I'm doing it too. Yeah, true. You know, so, and so, I wouldn't put that past Kanye. You it's, know, a, it's a versus, it's a couple versus I still want to see, man. Yeah, who, who, you, got, who you got on your list? Man. Next, you know how I want to see? Who's that? I want to see Quavo versus Sweetie, bro. <laughs> hey, yo, chill out, bro. <laughs> hey, but but now nah, for real, I wanted to talk to you about everything that's going on with them, right? Um, because they were one of the new, um, the hot couples. They've been on a couple yeah. of magazine covers. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, both are doing well in their musical careers, right? But I wanted to ask you, like, do you how do you feel about um? people uh celebrities you know publicizing um their breakups or you know infidelities that occurred in their relationships um do i'll put it like this do i agree with it no right i don't um i think your relationship especially you know in, in times of you know when it may need repair or when it's not good i don't think that those are things that need to be out in the public but with the way the world is now how can you stop it yeah and, and i'll say it like this bro like when you are uh, rich, famous, yeah. you have no control on what people say, what people nice. think, what people do, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I was watching This Is Us the other day and uh, Kevin had just had a child and they was going back to the crib and mm -hmm. the paparazzi was following them, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. but like, bro, like, like, bro, you rich, like stuff like that, you know, stuff like that yeah. happens, bro. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And another thing that I feel is like, people, People only, people only, um, you know, talk about their, uh, you know, their success. Mm -hmm. You know, they only put that out there. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And yeah. one of the reasons why I think that is important is like, if you if you on, um, 
if you famous and you on Instagram and you posting quotes about how you love your significant other, y'all on magazine covers, y'all doing songs together, yeah. you can't like you you can't be secretive yeah. about the bad yeah. stuff as well because yeah. people want to see that authentic, you know, celebrity. You know what I'm saying? Right. right. It's it's you know again when you when you create when you create expectation, then you know there becomes a demand for it, right? And so with social media, what happens is you know these these artists or or celebrities for that matter, you know they create an expectation through social media for what you know what their relationship is, and then when things don't go well because of whatever personal reason or you know whatever's going on now is you know now it's looked at as a thing when in an actuality in a, in a normal world people would do some of the same things that they're doing you know what i mean it's, it's it's not like it's it's out of scope of practice for anybody to you know take back things from somebody that they was with and it is not going good it's, bro this is this is a bentley we talking about yeah you know what i'm saying <laughs> Like this, you know, and I looked up the concept of, you know, of gifts and stuff like that in uh, in Georgia, because there are, you know, there are laws actually against people getting gifts and, you know, what time period you can hey, get them Georgia back in. Georgia's the state, that. bro. Georgia's the state. And yeah. if you could do something, do it in Georgia, bro. Yeah. So, you know, he, he could he could go get back, get that back. So he did. And what's crazy, too, is it actually wasn't bought. It was leased. Oh, Yeah. They, you yeah, know what they, I'm saying? See again, people, people, people believe everything they see. Come on now. You know what I mean? You shouldn't. Everybody, you know, I'm I'm not rich, but everybody know like people who are who have a lot of money. You should never purchase the car Come because Come on. you know that car's gonna get old eventually. You know what I'm saying? You want something new? You gonna want the newer model? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But but one of the things I wanted to talk to you about is because. A lot of people on the internet have been siding with Quavo because they Quavo felt she shouldn't have publicized that, right? But mm. he's the one who who cheated. Yeah. You know, she's going, you know, she felt some type of way about the whole situation because she was in love and felt yeah. Yeah. loyal and all that stuff. So why shouldn't she, you know, should she be able to share that information? She can share whatever she wants. Like I said, again, when you when you create when you create an expectation for people, right? Like you said, they seen them on magazine covers, they seen all the little sweet little posts, Valentine's Days, and all this other stuff. You know what I'm saying? So when people get that, you know, that look in, you know, it's nice. People like you know nice relationship things, but let's not get it twisted. You know, a lot of what we consume is is based off of negativity. So they would rather have that more so than they would like to have, oh, they had a great date night. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And nothing, man, about the, you know, people saying he petty for getting the um the whip repossessed. Yeah. Um it was in his name too. So you, you, yeah, you like, bro, like it's it's this is it's just a weird situation because yeah, yeah. you know, if this and you know, I like everybody talks about equality, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what happened in waiting to excel? What Angela do, bro? Fire that thing up, boy. You know what I'm saying? Ain't no, ain't nobody, ain't nobody say nothing, bro. No. Everybody was no. like, yeah, girl, he deserved that. Nah, but, that's why. I, listen, you know what bro. I'm saying? But if, but if he repo a car he bought, he walked. You know what I'm saying? He ain't blow it up. He just took it back. He just took it back. That's all he got. If you want it back, you know, go ahead and lease it yourself. That's you what, what I'm saying. saying. You know what I mean? Hey, it's another versus I want to see too, bro. Another one. What was that? I want to see Kirk Franklin versus his son, bro. I got, I got on, to see the bro. versus, bro. 
Yo, all the verses you talk about ain't got nothing to do with songs. I'm hey, telling hey, you hey, I don't know if Kurt uh son got songs <laughs> or what, but Listen. you know what I'm saying? And you know, I wanted to bring that up, bro, because there's always this pedestal that people put um that people that are in the church, they put these uh people on 100%. this pedestal, you know what I'm saying? 100%. And you know, um I've you know, I've I've grew up in the church yeah. and I've seen a lot of them do things that probably shouldn't be done. Sure. But what I understand is that they're human just like me. 100%. And 100%. I, I was telling somebody this story the other day. Um, my mother doesn't smoke, my mother doesn't drink, my mother doesn't curse. But I remember when I was a teenager, bro, I made my mama mad, bro. My mother was saying words, bro. I was like, bro, who is this person, bro? Yo, how for you know, this woman, man? You know what I'm saying? She was saying, like, she like, cause my mother say like stuff like mother loving and mm. you know, freaking okay, okay, or you okay. know, a mug, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, but yeah, bro, nah. this day, bro, she was t- she uh, was woo. she was letting it ride. I was like, bro, what you do, bro? I don't even know what I did, bro. I don't even know. And if I did, I ain't even gonna say it on the show. Cause hey, it, look, man. It, but but nah, you you're 100% correct in that, you know, the the flaw, the flaw is the human being, but also, you know, the flaw in the expectation of other people once you assume um, you know, some type of religious position, right? Whatever it may be. You know, there's this you know, stigma put upon people that once you once you assume these positions that, you know, everything that us flawed human beings um, go through, you don't. And that's it's the furthest from the truth that I've ever seen. You know what I mean? And, and for, for Kurt to be in a situation where, you know, this is his son we talking about. This is not a stranger. This ain't a fan. This is, you know what I mean? This is his son we talking about. You know what I mean? This is a loved one. Grown so, you feel what I'm saying? Grown son, like somebody he's tried to help. And what's crazy about the entire situation is that, and I've talked to other people about this, is that we haven't, we didn't hear the whole conversation, right? We just, we just take what the son used to implicate a man that he knew within our community, we held up because of the things that he provided musically, right? It was more, it, it wasn't who he was as a man more so than it was the talent that he possessed and the things that he blessed us with through that talent. Another thing was, Kirk has never tried to be something he was else. Like he came out and you know back in the day and said he had a problem with pornography and things like that. Like he he shared that information. You know what I'm saying? It's not like he tried to paint a paint a picture that he's this perfect father. He's this perfect individual. Right. You know I you know I I wanted to hear the perspective from the son side. I went on the son Instagram Mm -hmm. and he made a video. He talked about how they was on three way. Mm. Yeah, they was on there with a therapist. They was on. Did, do you know who that therapist was? No, I don't. It was TD Jakes. Oh wow. They was on. The, they was on the call with TD Jakes. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So, and everybody has that boiling point. You know what I'm saying? For sure. And he reached that point. Listen, you know man, I heard mean? mothers in the church cuss. They stubbed that toe. I done heard them. 
Yeah, I done heard them, man. So look, man, every every no nobody's perfect, man. At the end of the day, nobody's perfect. And uh, you know, I'm sure it was a position where he was trying to help his son through something or whatever. And you know, I don't care if it's, you know, I don't care if it's friends, family, whoever, if somebody doesn't want to be helped or whatever the case may be, you know, it's it's kind of a hard position to be in, especially when you love somebody. But you know, like you said, when you reach a boiling point with somebody in in, in the way that they you know, the way that they may act or whatever the case may be, and you're trying to help them to be, you know, more positive or just be a better person in gen- in, in general. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's tough, you know, especially when there's pushback. So it was just, you know, it was a bad moment in the grand scheme. You know, I still listen to melodies from hell. <laughs> really? So like, it's, it's crazy because, you know, like I listen normally when I pull out for work. Right. The first song I listen to, Every day is Imagine Me by uh mm. by Kirk Franklin, but the but the internet did kind of ruin that for the last couple of days because it said Imagine Me whooping your you know what yeah yeah, yeah. oh man <laughs> oh man they kind of ruined that man but yeah. um, this yeah. you know you know Black History Month mm-hmm. it just just ended mm-hmm. um but we still got a lot of things um that have been going on um, to support black yeah. initiatives. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we had we had the all-star game and you know, uh, in the all-star game, the way it works now is kind of like they they play they play it quarter by quarter, right? Mm-hmm. So the winner mm-hmm. of the quarter, um, money goes to, I forgot how much it is. I think it's like 200,000, 250,000. Yeah, 200, yeah, yeah goes to you know that winning team for that quarter mm-hmm. and they take then they take the score of all three quarters and add 24 to that and that's what you play to for the final quarter right gotcha so lebron team was playing for uh the third good marshall um college fund and uh kevin durant's team was playing for uh, the united eagle college fund so one of the reasons why i bring that up is because one LeBron team won every quarter, <laughs> so they got all they got all the bread. Dang. Um, you know what I'm saying another another thing that that was in the news a couple days ago was that um, the United Negro College Fund just announced its first African American chair. Listen, bro, say run that back one more time. What'd you say? The United Negro College Fund just announced its first African American chair. First, first, bro. Yo, first. It's it, been almost eighty years. Yo, when I and it was crazy because the I stumbled across this. Um, yo, uh, through uh, Kev on stage, his Twitter page, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he was like, "You telling me an organization with the word Negro in it? Come on, come on. <laughs> Just got their first. You know what I'm saying? It's unbelievable, yo. When I saw that, I. I I almost like, I almost erased it because I thought you, I, I thought it was wrong. Like, I'm like, yo, you got to be kidding me. Like, that's crazy. Bro, it's, did you see the list of some people who served as, you know, served yes, as? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Bro, who was on that list, bro? We got, we got a guy, his, his name. Yeah, it's just crazy, bro, to think all of this time almost 80 years that this is the you know the first 
black chairman. So like you were saying, like who are some people on the list, bro? We got uh, William Stassasor Jr. He was, um, and these are, you know, these are business guys, but again, he was the chief uh, technology officer for Microsoft for about 11 years. He worked on and led the team for Apple who created Siri um, and also was on Jeff Bezos uh, executive committee for Amazon. You know what I mean? Um, and then, you know, he was there for 11 years and, and before him, it was, <laughs> it was John D. Rockefeller, bro. Like, like third, John D. Rockefeller the third, like, like, yeah. Like, like that, the oil guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. John D. Rockefeller, his, his grandson. Um, and what's crazy about that is I'll just throw this little nugget out there. Spellman is actually named after Laura Rockefeller. Oh, wow. Her name is Laura. Her, her name was Laura Spellman. That was her, that was her name. And I'm, I'm assuming because of, you know, John D. Rockefeller's work with, you know, those schools back then, I guess they just decided to, you know, have Spellman don her name for whatever reason. So I always thought that was an interesting fact that I don't think a lot of people know. Yeah. And, but what I will say, bro, is I feel that, you know, Black companies don't have to be ran by black individuals. No, that's true. You know what I'm saying? So that, that's kind of like, that's kind of like you, you if if you a black, you know, the black CEO for Starbucks is, she, she's a black woman. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody know that the, the, the target market for that, for that business is not us. Right. But, 100%. but you want to support a but you want to support a black woman. You get what I'm saying? Right. And, and one of the reasons why I say this is because I feel that, you know, there are a lot of good people in this world, a lot of people that want to see, um, you know, our organizations succeed, our right. uh, institutions succeed, you know, right. HBCUs do not only service Black yeah. students, everyone is welcome at these institutions. And <clears throat> my thing is, you know, just honestly, you know, if we, if we look at it honestly, right, and look at when the United Negro College Fund was actually founded, which was back in the 40s. You know what I'm saying? If we look at that as trying, you know, looking at it from that time and as something that we would want to start, just looking at the, again, when we talk about credibility and the power that we had, it wasn't as high as it is now. They needed a Mary, you know, a Mary McLeod Bethune to go into, you know, her relationship with presidents in order to get them to come and help the organization and do all of these different things. So us as black people who had affluence at the time just used our relationships with, you know, the white people who had more money than us to help us fund something. So then they had to be the faces. Why? Because we weren't able to go and stand for ourselves in, in spaces. This is the 40s. Civil rights hadn't even came along yet. You know what I'm saying? So just looking at it from that aspect, do I think it should have taken this long for us to get a, you know, a, a black chairman? Absolutely not. But, you know, the day is here, I guess I would say so. You know, the, the, the sad thing is, man, that um, because of all the backlash and comments on social media, bro, they deleted their posts, bro. What? So they had a post that it was like congratulating, you know, congratulating Milton Jones, who was yeah. the, the new chairman. Like, because yeah. of all the backlash, bro, they deleted the tweet. What? Wow. But, you know, and, you know, <laughs> I'm one thing I'm not a fan of, bro. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm not a fan of, you know, people saying the first and then having some type of um, gender, ethnicity, or yeah. intersectionality 
for that, mm-hmm. you know, being listed afterwards. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. the first black female, you, you know what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. I understand that it's great to be the first at something, but then mm-hmm. it comes to a, port, a point like, okay, like how many times is, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. especially in sports, man, they do it all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, they do it for anything. Yeah. You know, like, the that's first, the the first black teenager from South Carolina you know what I'm saying? Like, all right, bro, like you doing, you doing for everything. Cool. It's like, look, man, like certain things we don't need to be acknowledged for being first for. Like, we cool, like, it's cool. Like, we, we, like, we just, we want the spot. Don't get it wrong. Don't get me wrong. We want the spot. And we know going in that that's the implication for taking the spot, right? We know the implication is being first, right? And we understand that with being first, it's, it's a tough road. Why? Because you're the first one to do it. It's uncharted territory for us as a whole, you know what I'm saying? So the journey in itself is is difficult to make in that it is the first. It's not a lot of people to point to and say that, you know, I can take something from this experience or that experience. So at the end of the day, it's like, look, just let us be first. Let us be first and know that we first. We understand this. Yeah, yeah. And that's why I always tell people, man, I'd rather be um, Alexander Graham Bell than to be Steve Jobs, you know? Come on, man. Like Steve Jobs may have perfected the way we see Come cell on, phones and devices, but hey, remember Come who on. everybody everybody gonna know who invented the phone. Yeah, you know I mean? yeah, we have to have familiarity of we have to know our history, regardless. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, we we most definitely have to know and understand our history in order to you know in order to fully understand the impact that's that's happening right now. You know what I'm saying? To to be able to be on Zoom right now, us to be able to do a show in this fashion, you know, we have to give credit to whoever invented electricity. You know what I'm saying? Or figured that whole thing out. You know what I mean? Like at at the sort of everything. You know what I'm saying? We had, we got to give thanks to that. You know, the first person who decided to you know create the typewriter, which in, in turn became keyboard, and you know, so. And you know, one of the one of the great things about this conversation and about being on Zoom is that we got to know how to operate the system. Facts. And we got to know if something going on. You know, people go listen. Uh, I had a phone call during. You know, yeah. so they go get that. And because I got all Apple devices, the phone listen. when I when I muted it on my <laughs> on my cell phone, it came to the computer that I'm on. Come on, technology. So I gotta mute uh-huh. that. I gotta mute Come that. Come on, technology. I might reasons. get some dog barks in there and some more stuff. You know what I'm saying? Bro, we living out here. And one of the reasons why I brought that up, man, is because you got to be able to mute yourself. You know what I'm saying? Ooh. You got to be able to know when to mute yourself. Come on, so, transitions. It's this dude named Matt Rowan, man. Yeah. Matt Rowan, man. Yeah. So they're doing um, Oklahoma high school basketball game. They're doing a the national anthem. Come on. Uh, Norman High School decides to kneel during the Star Spangled Banner, right? Yeah. My man, Matt Rowan, he thought he was muted or he thought they went to commercial or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boy, was he wrong. <laughs> My man went, and I, you know, I want y'all to just take take a look at this because everybody is focused on Matt Rowan and his comments. Yeah. And I'll get into that in a little bit more. Mm. But he, he, he made some comments during during the uh, Star Spangled Banner, as they were kneeling, he says, they're kneeling, effing N-word. I hope Norman gets their ass kicked, F them. I hope they lose. Mm. I'll just say this, Norman High School won or win the championship. That's all I'm going to say. Mm. But then two, everybody's troubled um, about his comments, right? Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And I've seen a couple people state this, and this this was my main part. You should be troubled if you were in that room and allow him to make those comments. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And see, that's that's when we, you know, it goes to talk about oh, one bad apple, right? Mm-hmm. Right. What what happens to a, a molded fruit if in a bag full of fresh fruit? Mm, they all become head. they all become molded, right? Thanks. And Thanks. so you cannot tolerate someone to say that in your presence. Yeah. Because by alone allowing them to do so puts you in that same realm. Yeah. And <clears throat> it was interesting too, because in, in watching the footage and listening to, you know, and listening to the audio, uh, what was striking about it was not only, you know, was 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 the fact that, you know, the the person who was co-announcer with him did recognize, right, what he said. He truly recognized what he said. When he said it, he goes, what? Right? In recognition that, yo, you said something messed up, but the, the issue would be there that he didn't go forth and say anymore. He didn't stop it beyond that point. You know, it was an acknowledgement, but it, but that was it. You know what I mean? And it's, it's, it's not that you know, that I believe that, you know, he accepted the fact that, you know, Matt Ron said what he said is, you know, for me, it's like, well, well, what did they, you know, what happened after the game? What was that type? What was that conversation like? What was, you know what I mean? What's the, what's the underlying thing? What's the result of all of these things happening? Because, you know, end of the day, this is still unacceptable. I don't care if you thought you was muted or what, you know what I mean? Like this, this, this ain't it. You know, and it seems it seems like too because the the co-announcer when it starts he goes it's off like the the mics are off. It, it seemed like it seemed kind of like a setup mm. from the get go because he tells him like it's off and it's clearly still on and I'm I don't know, you know maybe this is a guy he worked with and he don't really like him like that because of these situations and he wanted to get him caught. You never know, you know what I'm saying? You just never know. It's a it's a real interesting situation. But what did he blame it on? Bro, <laughs> my man <laughs> said he blamed it on his diabetes mm-hmm. because of sugar spike. All right, and let me give you, let me give let me give you perspective. Lord Jesus, help. let me give you perspective. So, my grandfather is a diabetes patient, right? And he's had spikes in blood sugar and all these different things. It's never made him right. It's never made him racist. You know what I mean? Like, like it's, it's never made him talk about people in this type of fashion when his blood sugar was low. It was, if he said anything, it's where's the effing orange juice? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's that's what, where's my effing insulin? You I want I mean? bacon. I want bacon. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. People say some of the stupidest things when they get in trouble, bro. I swear. Oh my God. Oh, like, <laughs> like, bro, like, his, his response was kind of like, you know what? I, I meant it. But, but <laughs> right. I got to blame it on something. But, right. you know, then it, the thing that really bothered me wasn't mm. the comment. Mm. It was, there wasn't, and I believe there still hasn't been any disciplinary actions, right? right. right. So, Norman Public Schools and um, the OS. SAA, which is the Oklahoma Secondary School Activities Association, they said, you know what, we're not going to use um, this network anymore mm. um, to broadcast our games. Wow. Like, what? Like, so now everybody got to lose because of this guy. You know what I'm saying? So mm. he goes, still, 
he goes to do other games. He just ain't going to do normal high school games. Like, right. come on, come on, right. yo. You right. know what I'm saying? And I feel like, and this, this is a girl's game too. <laughs> yeah. And you know, this, this is what normally, this is what normally happens. Right. Right? This is what normally happens. Right. And this is how, by his comment on what he blamed it on, this is how it's going to go. Normally, when somebody does something wrong, and you can look at um, a lot of situations that have happened recently, um, I can't think of the uh, the, the British uh, newscaster, but he stepped down. Um, mm. um, what's another person? Uh, the, the chief editor for Teen Vogue, she stepped down because of some tweets. But mm. what happens is, normally, they either go fire you, or you're going to resign, right? Right, right. And, you know, one of the reasons that people resign is because after things blow over, you it may be a possibility you return back to the network, you know, things like that, blah, 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 mm -hmm. saving your career, things like that. But because as of today, he was not fired, nor did he resign, states that he don't care. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And he go ride yeah. these out. Nobody around him clearly cares either because he's not been affected in a way where it led him to do anything. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's just sad, bro, that, you know, um, after everything that went on at the Capitol, Come on. Um, you know, where people supposedly, you know, it the, the, the flag represented a lot of things, you know, we still mm -hmm. going through that situation um, mm -hmm. with our country. But it's just it's just sad to, to hear people um, discriminating or having hatred for um for other people, man. And you know, like in my doctoral program right now, we're talking about hate speech and first amendment rights and freedom of expression, man. And you know, I understand all of those things, man. But at the end of the day, like I, you know, I want everybody to to enjoy to enjoy their freedom of life and to not be hurt by these comments. You know what I'm saying? No, 100 percent man. I think that <clears throat> I think everybody deserves a fair shake. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, a, a lot of times in a grand scheme, the things that happen around us don't have anything to do with us and we're not in control of it. You know what I mean? We sort of have to, we live, we live within these confines, you know what I'm saying? And it's, it's just, you know, it's, it's hurtful. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's hurtful to me, you know, being a minority, you know what I'm saying? It's hurtful to other minorities just to see others, you know, treated in fashions where we wouldn't want to be treated. Reason being is, you know, I'm sure a lot of us look at it as if they can, if they could do it to them, they could do it to us. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and that's, you know, that's, that's honestly, that's just the, you know, that's the gist of it. Um, you know, to, to, to see these things going in the way that they're going and to see the reason, a lot of the reason being, you know, somebody's rhetoric, you know, during their time supposedly serving and, and trying to unify a country, you know what I mean? Created some of the, some of the wildest division you'll ever hear, you know what I'm saying? Or ever see, you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, with everything that's going on within the Asian community is just, it's just ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? And it's, again, it's just sad to see so many people being, um, you know, being ridiculed or, or you know, abused and, 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 different, and just victimized, you know, because of something that has happened to the whole world. Yeah, man. You know, you know it's, it's sad because, you know, never, not one time did I blame someone for you know COVID-19 for you know people who have contracted the virus it's not like you know like if I contracted the virus saying oh James gave it to me I'm gonna do some you know I'm gonna harm James so um the story that came out man um 
you know, couple last week, man, about this, about this gunman, you know, going on a killing spree and killing eight people um, at three different massage parlors in Atlanta, man. It's just, it's just sad, man, because, you know, these, these people didn't deserve that. These people don't deserve their, this criticism. And um, yeah, and to attack people at their most vulnerable too, you know what I'm saying? Like when, you know, just thinking back, you know, schools, movie theaters. Now we're talking about massage parlors. We're talking about clubs. We're talking about times where, you know, people are going with intent to do totally different things. Their mentality and their mindset is on something totally different than losing their life. You know what I mean? So, so to have somebody come in and, <clears throat> you know, just attack people, attack human beings in, in, in places and spaces where they're at their most vulnerable, I think is, you know, it's, it's cowardly beyond everything else you know what i'm saying like uh it's just it's not cool it's not cool those were you know those were moms those were you know those were dads those were aunts uncles brothers sisters you know what i'm saying like you you taking more away from the world than you think you know and it's 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 just it's, it's sick bro it's sick it's just sad because you know you gotta you have to go through things for thing for for situations to come to light and you know it, it, it shouldn't have to it shouldn't have to be like that yeah. and you know that's why we talk about hate speech and, and, and things of that nature because yeah. certain comments that are made publicly yeah you know can trigger what people think about a certain ethnicity a certain 100%. Uh, population you know what i'm right. saying and and, and that, you know and that, yeah. puts, that puts people in danger you know yeah yeah, you know, like you just said, you know, public speech sometimes, you know, speaking in public in a particular fashion can lead to, you know, to private issues. Yeah, you know, mm -hmm. we have, you know, you know, we have a a former uh, president, you know, leader of our country speaking on calling this the the, the China virus or you yeah. know other similarities to to those words like that that can portray a certain negativity, a negative thought in other people's minds. It, it sets the stage. It sets the stage because of the mentality of the person who is, you know, who is spewing these, you know, spewing his hate. You know what I mean? Like, like his, his, his mentality and mindset the entire time he was in the office, you know, we ain't talking about writing no checks. We talking about what you're talking about for the people, right? What, what are you, what are you truly sending as your messages to the people? And I can't say that, you know, a lot of it was positive. You know, we just talked about it. You just said it, you know what I mean? Calling it the Chinese virus is one of the most hurtful things you could do, right? Trying to make it seem like they they created something that, why? Why would, why would, why? You know what I mean? Like, it's just, you know, again, the mentality of individuals and, and to, to see that there was so much, you know, no, so much support, you know, behind these, these ideals, you know, is, is sad in itself to know that there's so many people that truly think this way. You know what I mean? That 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 don't have issue um, with communities hurting in the way that, you know, the Asian community is hurting here recently, you know, and over the past year, you know what I'm saying? Like they're um, the, I guess it's, it's been reported that almost um, the Asian hate crimes over the last year have increased over a hundred percent. You know what I'm saying? It, 150%, just, bro. Just because, just because it is. You know what I mean? It's nobody, 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 nobody deserves that. Nobody deserves that. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it just it just shouldn't happen. 
You know, it's, it's a sad state of affairs, bro. You know, so I just wanted to say, you know, during our show, you know, um, that we as a society, we as a nation, um, you know, the entire world, you know, we should stop Asian hate, man. Yeah, any hate, let's put it that way. Stop oh, any yeah. hate, man. Nobody, nobody deserves hate, man. Nobody. Yeah. Man. You know, everybody should be allowed to, you know, to live with all the liberties and the freedom um, that they talk about. But I think that what we have to do, um, you know, just as a world is is look at yourself. You know what I'm saying? And and find the liberties and the freedom within yourself that you want to achieve. Don't try to achieve it to the standard of, you know, what society says or, or what America deems as, you know, your your success. Right. Um, you know, truly look at yourself and go forward for yourself. There are going to be things that are going to happen. And, you know, it, it sucks because it's, it's the world. Right. But you know, we we here on this show don't, you know, don't condone any of, you know, any of this hate crime, hate speech or anything, man. We want people to live, you know, prosperous, you know, just just great lives in general without all of the, you know, the extras. Absolutely, bro. Absolutely. I agree. I agree with you 100 percent. Hey, before we get up out of here, bro. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You seen coming to America? Uh, you know, you know, you, you know, I seen it, bro. You know it, bro. So, I want to give a little backstory. Okay. I don't want to go on long soliloquy, but yeah. a little backstory yeah. for those who don't know me. Um, coming to America, the original, the nineteen eighty eight film, is my favorite movie of all time. Favorite movie of all time. When I when I mean this is my favorite movie of all time, bro, like. If it's on TV, like people would text me and be like, yo, coming to America's on TV. Or like that. Like that, bro. Like people would hit me up. Like I watch it all the time, man. Like, like my my costume for um for Halloween this year, even if I don't go nowhere, bro. I'm being somebody from coming to America, man. You know, and a lot of people, you know, a lot of celebrities, a lot of people take the main characters, but I'm gonna do something oh, yeah. that, that people don't normally do, bro. And I already had, I already had to get up and everything. But um, you know, one of the things, you know, I'm really not a fan of um classics mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because you know, I don't want you to ruin the the experience, you know what I'm saying? Right. Right, um, but I had high hopes for this sequel because everybody was returning. Yeah, yeah. Everybody, everybody was returning, bro. Like, and you know, besides uh, the mother Aeolion, everybody else was alive, bro. You know, yeah. you normally yeah. don't, you normally don't see that. If, and for those who ain't hear me, this movie was made nineteen eighty eight, bro. That thirty, almost thirty three years ago. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Um, for me, for me, and I got a, I got a couple questions for we before we wrap about the movie, right? Because again, it's your favorite movie all time. So I'll say that you know the the coming to America the sequel. I think that it didn't do anything to hurt the legacy of the movie. That's the that's that's the you know that's the thing that I leave with that it didn't do anything to hurt the legacy of the first movie, right? Um, which is great. And I think that, you know, I think the story was good, you know, but again, it's, it's hard to recreate that, that magic that once was, you know what I mean? And I don't think that they really chased that, but again, um, 
you know, I think it was a solid movie. Does it deserve to be number one in the world? I guess, you know, but yeah. So, but for me, I would want to know um, from, from your perspective, what was your favorite thing about the sequel and what was like something where you was like, nah, I didn't need to do that. Um, damn, what was my favorite thing? Sheesh. Um, I don't know. I, I can't give you one right now, but it, it just was it was a lot of things I didn't like, bro. Okay. Um I I didn't like how and I and it's crazy because I knew how it was gonna play out, bro. Okay. I didn't I knew how it was gonna play out. I literally called it, bro. Mm. Um because you know the previews showed that um Hakeem had a son who conceived right. a son while he was in Queens, right? Right, right. So I told I'm not sure if I told my wife or I told us just said it to myself, but I was like, it's gonna be from when him and Simi that night. I knew it. It was gonna be from that night. I knew yeah, it. I knew yeah. it. But yeah. my, my you know, my thing was like that would have been that would have if that situation was included in the in the original, yeah, then 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 it would have yeah, yeah. been a little, it would have been, I could understand it, but because it wasn't, it just, it threw me off. Yeah. That scene with them, it was bad CGI. Um, I fe- I didn't like the fact that Lisa McDowell's character was different. Mm. Like she was, re- like in the original, she was very soft-spoken, kind, sweet. You know, this giant, she was getting, getting loud. She was getting yeah. turned up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yeah. Um, but I mean, you know, I guess, you know, for the, for the, you know, I guess she from Queens, you know what I'm saying? Like she, it ain't like she was from Wakanda, but I guess I got you. I feel it though. It was different. She was a little, she was a little harder. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. I felt that they could have had, um, they could have had Daryl in there. Mm. Um, they could have had, uh, Lisa's sister in there. Sure. I can't think of her name right now. Patrice, it wasn't her name yeah. was Patrice in the movie. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, they could have yeah. had they could have had Patrice in there. Yeah. Um, you know, they could have they could have did a lot of other things, man. Um, I felt they were trying too hard to make it funny, bro. Like mm. they were they were trying too hard. The jokes like, were too the, the, right, the jokes were too intentional. Yeah. And, and, and you, you, could tell, you could tell because they brought in they brought in heavy hitters, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Heavy so Michael Blackson's and yeah, Michael all that. Blackston, you know, Wesley Snipes, he he could be funny at times. They bought yeah. a Tracy Morgan, they bought a Leslie Jones. Like they were yeah. they were trying to, you know, yeah. make it too funny, bro. And you know, coming to America, the original just was it was funny because it was just funny. It wasn't on purpose. And just as you're talking about, right? There were more traditional actors in the original than it was in the sequel, right? They packed it with comedians more so than, you know, true actors at a lot of the, you know, the focal points, you know what I'm saying? Like, and all the people that you named that wasn't in it were were the people who were real actors, you know what I'm saying? Like John Amos didn't get a lot of time on screen, but he did in the original, you know what I'm saying? So it's a lot of levels to, to it, you know what I mean? All the comedians pretty much had all of the screen time. You know, whereas in the original, it was basically just Eddie Murphy and Arsenio that created the funny. Yeah, man. And you know, like. So it makes sense. 
but what I will say is the reason why this movie has been so popularized is because of the history of the original. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And mm -hmm. then they did a, you know, they had a great partnership with Amazon Prime and a lot of promotion. Man, oh, yeah. I, you know, I showed you, but I got yeah. I got coming to America Soul Glow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a I got a barbershop cape from coming yeah. to America. I got a coming to America uh, face mask. I've never yeah. used, never worn any of any of these items, man. Yeah. And um salute to Andy Authentic, man. Andy Authentic, that's Jalen Rose Barber, man. He the sharpest with the cuts, man. He sent he sent me this merch. Um Word. you know, because I'm a, you know, I'm a true fan and I appreciate him. You know, I reached out to him, he was doing a little contest. And, you know, just got lucky to be able to, uh, you know, get that. And, um, you know, it's just, you know, I appreciate the movie because what it's going to do is people who watch, sometimes this happens, bro. People watch two before they see one. Yeah, then they watch right. one and they fall in love. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And, and I, I think that's what's going to happen. You know what I'm saying? But right. it was good It was good to see some of them again. Because, oh, sure. um, you know, Eddie pretty much blew up after that. Mm -hmm. Um you know, John Amos was at the end of his run, you know, because, you know, he's known for coming to America and good times. So that was kind of yeah. like the end of his run. Yeah. Um, uh, what's Lisa McDowell's real name? Sherry Headley. Yeah, so Sherry Headley, a lot of people know her for being uh, the former wife of Play. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, a lot, a lot of other, the, a lot of the characters, um, so Fancy blew up afterwards. Garcelle, um, oh yeah, you know what I'm saying. So she was she was a a, a petal girl, a flower girl. In the original, she was in the sequel as well. But her career yeah. blew up afterwards, so it was good to see her in there. Um, Vanessa Bell Calloway, great career. Um, she still was got during hopping, great, Yo. Uh, you know, great career. <laughs> um, what am I missing? Man, why won't my man Eric LaSalle in there, bro? Come on. I don't know, bro. <laughs> like something like like I don't know how he was gonna fit in there with the, yeah. the storyline, but yeah. he needed to put my man in there. Yeah, some like, kind of way, bro. Patrice needed to be in there. What happened to the sister? Like, yeah, I ain't mention her. Come on, like, man. They, at least they, yo, for real, for real, the way the way the first one ended, you know, when Daryl, when Daryl, they left Daryl out in the rain and then she yeah. let Daryl in and he was all wet. She said, You gotta get about them clothes. They should have yeah. put them in there. They should have been a couple in that joint. That would have been nice to see, you know what I'm saying? I don't know if he kept. He couldn't have kept the, uh, the the curly joint though. I don't know what he had to. He met. I don't know what they'd have to do with his hair, bro. He'd have some. He'd have to have something significant going on with his hair. Probably the sponge joint or something. Uh, yeah. But um. But yeah, he he got and he got. He gonna be super rich. He gonna be yeah. right Google now. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like yeah. I, I could have seen a nice little storyline off that. Um. Yeah, man. Hey, write it in for the third one if they do another non <laughs> But the thing about it is like it could um it could have been it could have been a lot different. The funny thing is, is like I think it was for everybody else. Like, and what I mean by everybody else is yeah. like I don't think it was a money grab for Eddie because Eddie got money. But I feel like, you know, Arsenio said this. I think he was on Breakfast Club. He was like, you know, like I, he was like, I ain't got money like Eddie. So if they wanted to do it too, I was in it because I could use some bread. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. And for a lot of yeah. people who don't know, Eddie been looking bread. For people who don't know the story, like they were sued for the original coming to America because supposedly Eddie stole that story from somebody else. I didn't um, know that. You know what I'm saying? And you I know, but know it was it was a good 
it was a good movie, but it was a good movie to me because it was great to see those characters from the original. I um, got you. They, you know, some of them still look the same, a little bit, you know, older facial structure yeah, and yeah, weight and things yeah. like that. But, but they it looked pretty good. good. It was just great, man. It was great to see um, the barbershop scene, um, simply because, except for one character, everybody else in the barbershop was played by. Yeah. Yeah. So the one yeah. dark skinned dude, that's, that's actually Eddie Murphy's best friend since the seventh grade. And he played that character in the original, he played that character now, and that's Eddie Murphy's best friend. So that was that was dope to see him in there. I can't think of his name right now. I start with an S. Um, oh, wow. But I think but, I did read about that. Yeah, but you know, it's just good. It's just good to see. It's just like sequels like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Because you don't get it that often, like you said, with so many people being a part of it who are a part of the original, and you look at it and you go, "Oh, oh, oh!" Like it's it's, kinda, it was so many callbacks. Like, it's kind of it like when a, when your favorite TV show has a reunion. We seen yeah. Fresh yeah. Prince of Bel Air recently. We've seen um, Family Matters. They won a couple years before that. And mm-hmm. what happens is a couple people have passed away. Mm-hmm. A couple people ain't tight with yeah. with such and such no more. So to see so many people still be around you know like i said the mother um prince hakeem's mother aeolion she's the only one that passed away Mm -hmm. um you know uh i haven't heard anything about patrice being Mm -hmm. deceased and we all know uh, eric lasalle still still alive so yeah you know besides that it was just great to see you know everybody and i I think a lot i think what this does is i said this a couple weeks ago when we were together i said like we a lot of our college friends we talked about where does this rank? And I was telling them like, like culturally, like coming to America is up there. Cause we were talking about oh, yeah. coming to America or life, right? And I said, mm-hmm. life is dope. Cause life got a lot of stars in there. Life is really funny. Yeah. But I was like, quotables, yeah. how many people have seen it? How many people have been touched by this movie? Like, yeah. mind you, this movie came, this movie came out two years before I was born, bro. And yeah, like, <laughs> and like, I love this joint. You know what I'm saying? Like. Yeah. I can only imagine if I was live when this joint dropped, bro. Like, you it know, what was, it was just, it was just a, it was a powerful film. Um, reason being is because you know they got it, they got into a little situation with the studios um, about how black the cast was. Mm-hmm. They literally added Louis Armstrong, I'm Louis Armstrong, Louis Anderson mm-hmm. at the last minute. You know what I'm saying? They was like, yo, we need somebody white in the joint. And they found somebody who was funny and they just added them in. And that was it. And Louis was Anderson cool. wind up going on to be one of the most iconic hosts of uh Family Feud. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So like, yeah. you know, it was it was a great, it was a great, great cast, bro. Yeah, um, it was. Strong cast. Strong but, cast. But you know, I think I think this movie is gonna be one of those movies like like you'll you'll watch with, with the family. I think you get a good laugh out of it and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But it's very wholesome. Yeah. And they didn't cuss nearly as much in this movie. Yeah. Not even close. It's funny, man, because, you know, the original barbershop scene, they, you know, they talked about Rocky Marciano. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they talked about Muhammad Ali, but it was funny because they were talking about Floyd Mayweather and that Manny Puccio, uh, many uh... <laughs> <laughs> it was It was funny, man, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, that yeah. that original ain't nothing on that man. Like I don't own a lot of DVDs. Yeah. Um, but that's one. That's one I own. It ain't never gonna go nowhere, man. Um, I feel that. I feel that. That's important. Yeah, man. And man, but uh, 
Yeah, I'm ready to go create me a Wikipedia account or a Forbes account. I'm ready to put my net worth up there and make it Come about on, eight, bro. make it about eight billion. Uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> so I could be up there with Yeezy. Facts. Facts. Let me pad these stats right quick. Yeah, bro. Um, but we appreciate y'all rocking with us, man. 100%. Um, and as always, I'm Rami Roberts, aka Jers. James Woodard, aka Nug. And we in the chat. Yeah. Guess who started a podcast? Riddle me that. Nug and his boy Jers, and we talking smack. Sports, music, and life, we talking all of that. We live in effect. Hey, yo, we, we in, in the, the chat. chat. Boy.